onset of starlight from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchaxis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 1 We Are Zon Sorry for meeting you in disarray, but my dress queer ass is buried under 4,000 tons of spire, Lux said wryly, and tugged at the Piltoven tunic she was wearing. Her brother did not look amused. How could she have known? Karen asked. Lux sipped at her tea as she considered how to answer that question. They were currently seated in a private drawing room at the Kiraman estate, courtesy of the good sheriff and her wife. She couldn't exactly be seen in public with the famous might of Demacia without risking being recognized. Even if she weren't to disguise herself, people would inevitably talk. The craziest part, Lux began as she lowered her cup, is that I can neither confirm nor deny that she did. Absurd. Why would she choose the spire that you had roomed in if not? Garen pressed. Lux shrugged. Sheer bloody bad luck is not off the table, she replied. I've crossed paths with the terrorist Jinx all of once during my tenure here, and that was during the Noxus operation. Prior to that, my only encounter with her was when she interrupted my reconnaissance of the Vesper cult dealings. Not counting, of course, the nearly year-long cohabitation in which they'd engaged in vigorous sexual congress more nights than not, but she couldn't exactly say that. Beyond that, we've never run afoul of each other. My duties to Piltover involved rooting out financial and political corruption, not chasing bombers. Her brother leaned back in his chair, causing it to creak under his weight as he carted his fingers through his short brown hair. After a moment, he reached for the coffee mug, which looked comically dainty in his enormous paw of a hand, and took a sip before saying, I still don't like it. Mother wants you back in Demacia immediately. Mother? Lux said acidly. Doesn't have the authority to issue my recall. Only the Radiant can do that, and they won't until I determine how a Zonite terrorist laid hands on enough petrocytes to fill a drum magazine. Garen pressed his lips to a thin line at that, but didn't argue. He couldn't, really. Petrocyte was a valuable national resource that was only ever collected, processed, and housed on Damasian soil. That was the official story, of course. The reality was that the Radiant had caches of processed petrocytes squirreled away all over the continent in supply depots that were maintained exclusively for their covert agents, one of which Lux had betrayed to Jinx, who had gleefully pilfered its contents. Inventory was only performed annually, so it would take time for them to notice, but when they did it wouldn't take long for the Radiant to start looking at their own agents, and namely the only agents stationed in Piltover. She had hung a blade neatly over her own head when she'd turned over that depot's stash to Jinx, but they'd needed it. The Arcturus shop had been turned into a fortress by the woman who had co-opted her parents into her schemes. Petrocyte bullets had shorn through even the hardened defensive barriers so easily that there had never been any time to respond to the attack. Camille must have been expecting Jinx to assault Arctura hexacoustics, but not even a maven of counterintelligence could have predicted a Zonite cannon fitted with petrocyte rounds. Camille had declared war on the two of them, and dragged Piltover, Zon, and even Noxus into the mess, and now she was learning precisely what that meant. I don't like it, Garen said. You're not just my sister, you're a crown guard, a Damasian. 
The Piltovans have been fine enough allies, but this is not our cause. It is when it's our materials punching holes in the hex barriers of Piltover, Lux replied quietly. But if she's targeting you- Then I will do my duty as a daughter of the kingdom! Lux's fist landed on the table, rattling both of their cups. Garen watched her for a moment, then sighed and shook his head as he chuckled weakly. Of course you will. I don't ask you to retreat because the battlefield is dangerous, Garen. Even if sometimes I want to, and this is my battlefield. I have to fight on it, Lux said. I never told you. That woman... Jinx. Garen picked up his coffee cup again, although it was clearly more out of a need to have something in his hand than because he was thirsty. What is it? She's the one who broke me out of the Noxian prison, he said after a moment. I'm aware, Lux said calmly. And her brother raised an eyebrow. That's the whole reason the Noxians wanted her in their city, vengeance. She made them look like fools, so they thought they could kill her if they had the advantage of terrain, but that clearly didn't work. Garen chuckled softly and nodded. You know, he said, I heard she crashed an airship into a statue of Grand General Swain, is that... Completely true, Lux confirmed with a smile. And while I don't know that she did it on purpose, I do have my suspicions. Hmm. He drained his coffee cup and set it down, then leaned back to look pensively up at the ceiling, then asked, Is she really mad? Or do you think she actually has a plan? Lux slugged back the rest of her tea, then set down the cup, looked her brother in the eyes, and lied through her teeth. I'm sure I have no idea. They spent another hour in light conversation that mostly consisted of assuring her brother that she was safe, and no, she wasn't going to tell him where she was currently staying, because until she was certain that she hadn't been targeted, she couldn't risk revealing anything. He hadn't been pleased about that, but he'd understood, and Caitlin had generously allowed him to use her family's postbox for any mail he wished to send her, which he accepted graciously. Despite Demacia's relatively regressive attitude toward sexuality, Lux was pleased to see her brother had remained on exceptionally good terms with the sheriff and her wife. She still intended to kill them both, of course, but it spoke well of her brother's nature. After the debacle that had left the Arcturas in the hands of Cambaronis Glask, Vi had been taciturn. Unsurprising, honestly, Violet Kiriman was not the sort of person who took failure or defeat particularly gracefully, the debrief had been less than enjoyable as well. To have gotten so close with the rescue only to lose them to the interference of the Kembarans and the Firelights which had, in an unconscionable showing of Zonite solidarity, that had lit a gratifyingly panicked fire under the Piltoven Council. For the first time in years, they were staring down the one thing they never imagined they would see, a unified Zon. Those wretched oligarchs had been properly shitting themselves during that meeting. Putting that out of her mind, Lux drew the veil of light around herself more tightly and continued to descend through the pipeworks of Zaun. In the month since Glask had revealed herself as an open patron of the Loose Cannon, things had changed. Piltoven enforcers had withdrawn from Zaun in droves, the people had become more lively, and Jinx had found herself curiously welcome in certain places. She didn't go back to their warehouse hideout, they had vacated that not long ago, she headed somewhere else, somewhere that a part of her dared to hope might be their new home. 
More and more, the pipeworks and sewer tracks of Zaun were becoming home once she had hated them. She had hated the smell and the shadows and the way the whole city seemed to crowd up against her back, ready to slip a knife between her ribs. Now, though, now things had changed. She wasn't an outsider anymore. Now she was one of the shadows, and so now she understood what those shadows were. They were the rage of a wounded mother. Those shadows were the arms of Mother Zahn wrapped around her vicious children. That crowding violence that had once burned against the back of her neck was nothing more than the wary suspicion and ready hand of a parent bracing to protect their child. Now Lux was one more child of Zahn. Even if she had only married into the family, still she liked to think that her in-laws approved of her. She had, after all, married Mother Zahn's favorite and most dangerous daughter, Jinx. Lux smiled as she stepped out of a network of pipes and out into an alleyway. Ahead of her were the sights and smells of life, neon-sharp and heady with grease and spires, and Lux pulled her hood more tightly around her head as she raced down the alley, out of the shadows, and into the streets of the great, sprawling streets of Bilawa, practically a town unto itself, situated in the depths of the secondary outflow manifold. Everywhere there was a life, Parents ushered children along the damp metal streets that were lit by strings of multicolored lights reclaimed from various scrap heaps. Homes and businesses alike were built along the floor and up the edges of the great manifolds creating a town and sloped up along each side, connected first by ramshackle stairs, then chain winches and ladders as the city turned vertical and either side of the primary pipe. The pipe itself was over a kilometer across at its widest, and so deep that Lux wasn't even sure how far down it went. It was enough space for several thousand people, though, and all of it would have been washed away like so much dross. Mother Zahn was right to be viciously protective of her children, it seemed. Piltover would have committed an atrocity and never even noticed, because its foundations were mortared with the spilled blood and ground-up bones of Zahnites. What was another thousand gallons of blood and bone to add to the mix? It was a drop in the ocean. How anyone could so callously exterminate so much life, though, was beyond Lux. Just being around these people made her feel different. They weren't wealthy, nor were they of any great importance to the world, nor to anyone but one another. They had no political clout, and so little value that Piltover's soulless mechanisms of function would have killed them all and it might have barely registered as anything but a drop in available manpower to the Piltovans above. And yet they were free. They were so alive. That lack of purpose, the lack of value, that was what made them free. Free to find their own purpose, free to make their own value, free to not be sold into the chains of a throne, and taught to hate and kill and smile until it was the only thing they knew how to do. More than that, though, they were grateful. Lux moved through the crowds, and they gave her space and a lot of wary looks. Stained or not, her cloak was very obviously Piltoven, not Zonite. Piltovens never came to Bilawa. It was a death sentence, and she could feel the eyes of Mother Zon settling on her again. This time, though, she wasn't afraid. She simply reached up, drew her hood back, and smiled at the onlookers. And they relaxed. Lady Light! A small army of street urchins chimed in Gutlow as they swarmed her, and she laughed as they clamored for her attention. Is Jinx with you? How's the surface? Look what I found at the sumps! Look! 
Suddenly they were all holding up trinkets, all bits and pieces of scrap, nuts, bolts, and pieces of cheap, unpowered hextech. To a Piltoven it would all be garbage. To a Zonite, though, whose technology was always being repaired with whatever was on hand, these were priceless treasures. A single good bolt could be used to hold together necessary machinery, and could be traded for food or a mouthful of clean water, and they were just offering them to her. No, they weren't offering them to her, precisely. Thank you, I'll give these to Jinx, Lux said softly in what was quickly becoming a more comfortable tongue. Thank you, please, it's all right, you don't... Okay, all right, I'll... She stopped trying to reply to them all. It was no use, there were just too many of them. Instead, she did what she could. She used her magic to recharge pieces of nearby Hextech, took dead batteries and handed them back full, and both urchins and adults alike thanked her tearfully. How had she gone all her life without this? For so long she had told herself she was doing her duty, she was doing good, for king, country, and crown. And yet only now did she actually feel like she was doing good. Only now did she not have to tell herself that she was doing the right thing. She simply was. Thank you, Lux murmured again and again as she moved through the crowd. Winds bless you, Lady Light, an older chemscarred Zalnite brushed her arm with shaking, prosthetic fingers that she had just brought back to life with a charge of energy as he moved it for perhaps the first time in weeks. Go with Janna, Lux replied quietly as she patted his metal hand before stepping back. He nearly burst into tears at her touch. For how much cruelty there was in Zon and Piltover, there was so much kindness, too. These people looked out for themselves, yes, but they also looked out for each other. This town, specifically, had experienced something like an awakening when the apocalyptic floodwaters of the Sumpfall had failed to materialize, and when they had learned that Loose Cannon Jinx had been their savior, well... Lux managed to squeeze her way out of the scrum of people, only to find herself standing in the town's main plaza in the depths of Bilawa. This was the center of the town for a very simple reason. It had a flow regulator that regularly spilled out mostly clean water. It acted like a town well, and now as something more. Built over the regulator was a new addition to the plaza, a sign of Bilawa's gratitude to the one who had saved their lives, homes, and livelihoods. The statue was welded together from scrap metal that would be trash anywhere else, but in Zaun could have been used to patch any number of things. It was a sign of their loyalty that they had used it instead to honor something else. The facsimile of Jinx stood tall and straight. Her gleaming gaze, lit neon pink by chemlights, was cast outward over the city. Most of the statue was made from reclaimed steel, but the left arm wasn't. It was made from polished brass stolen from Piltover as a reminder of what she had given up for them. The statue was clad in her father's coat, and both the outfit and woman who wore it were an impressive enough likeness to the real thing that Luck suspected Echo's hand in the design. The face especially, since most statues like this tended to feature their subject with a solemn expression. This one, true to form, was anything but. The statue had its arms thrown wide and was smiling ear to ear, with that insouciant, challenging rictus, as if she were daring Piltover to come at her. The coat was graffitied in dozens of colors, tagged with the names of lives saved, and just looking at it made Lux's heart swell with pride. At the foot of the statue were dozens of votive candles made from rendered industrial byproducts, 
and with them small offerings of thanks. For these poor who had so little, giving even this much must have been a strain, and Lux knew that Jinx hated it. She felt like she didn't deserve any of it, and nothing Lux could say had changed that. It didn't matter, though. What mattered was that the hope that Jinx gave these people was very real. Lux paused only to pick up the few offerings that seemed functional. She would give them to Jinx, who would break them down into parts to use for repairs, and so the offerings would return to the people of Bilawa in more useful forms. Pocketing them, Lux continued along the streets, being greeted all along the way by the people she passed. Most of them bowed their heads lightly, pressing scarred, or in some cases metal, knuckles to their lips. It was some kind of prayer motion to Janna, their patron of wind, as far as Lux could tell, and it had something to do with miming a filter over the mouth. At first, being greeted so openly had put Lux's hackles up, but eventually she'd realized that it didn't matter. No Piltoven knew that she and Jinx had fallen back to Bilawa, and no one in this town would betray either of them even if someone did come around asking. Mother Zahn protected her daughters fiercely. Enforcers never came this deep anyway. It was a death sentence. Council covert operations, maybe, but even that was a stretch. Just finding a safe path to the town without being a native or having a guide was a crapshoot. Perhaps even if by some stroke of foul luck she was revealed, what did it matter? Her cover with Piltover and Demacia existed on borrowed time already, and part of her yearned to be found out so she could do away with the pretense. Maybe that's why she was being so reckless lately. She wanted finally to be free. Well, for now she was as close as she could get, as she started up the steps to the reinforced door, fitted the key to the lock, turned it, and opened it wide. There she was, sitting on a stool, hunched over a work table that had been shoved up against the wall of the den. Her long blue hair fell in messy streams down her back to the floor. Jinx looked up and over her shoulder, and smiled as Lux stepped inside. I'm home, Lux said brightly. Jinx bared her teeth in a wider grin. Lock him home, Blindy. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voiceover, or character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.